wonderful friend, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and I'm very happy to be with you today again. Thank you for tuning in. It's our uh, pleasure and privilege to welcome you to the program, and I would like to say it again. If you like to be part of this program, you can send us a text message with your thoughts, a question on zero four triple eight. 80811. We are going to look at some of the messages coming through and in particular actually I'm going to address a message today which came um, from one of our listeners just the other day. And uh, yes, stay tuned with us. But I would like to introduce um, to us all and to you here today our co-host, which is Pastor Ricardo Schaeffer. It's good to have you, Ricardo, with us. Good to be here, Nick, once again. It's wonderful to be able to broadcast together, Ricardo. And um, Yes, indeed. Here in Adelaide, it's beautiful because it rains again and uh, a bit depressing and <laughs> all those things. Uh, when I, I can tell you that a lot of people I am talking with says, when is the spring coming? When is, you know, a bit of better weather? But hey, all around the country, actually, the weather is a little bit upside down. You know, uh, people in New South Wales, they see, still have issues there with flooding and, um, all those things, but thank God for everything what uh, we receive from Him. It comes in my mind that passage in the Bible that God gives uh, uh, rains, uh, you know, um, upon the good and the bad, you know, and He makes the sun to shine also <laughs> upon the good and the bad. God is not, uh, uh, in particular, you know, um, uh, choosing, you know, He's uh, doing what he knows it's best for us all the only problem is that we want to have things as we want as we think are good mm, for us rather than uh, thanking God for everything what's uh, what's happening uh, and yeah we we thank God for the rain because uh, we need the uh, rain um, you know in some parts of this country and where it's a little bit too much you know God knows again why those things happen but yeah, my dear friend, uh, listening today um, on Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A, we are continuing on this series, uh, Contagious Issues for Believers. Christianity in History, how positive was its contribution? The other day we um, addressed a little bit the question uh, about um, has biblical belief positively benefited society in history and we provide some good answers there that indeed um, through the beliefs of the Bible through the Ten Commandments and many other things society benefited now uh, not always uh, those people who claim to follow God um, did the right thing and we have um, in history and in the Old Testament and uh, even in the, in our days examples like uh, when uh, people did the wrong thing. And we are going to address a question today. Uh, uh, why so many religious wars? Can they be avoided? 
you know, Christianity sometimes uh, they did things which are not necessarily uh, right. But uh, just before we are addressing uh, this question for today, I'm going to um, to address an SMS, a message which came from one of our listeners, and I promise that I will do that because uh, it caught my attention. I think our listener has some uh, good um, uh, points there. And it says here, I'm, um, and I'm hoping that I can remove that one because the computer just tried to froze <laughs> at the wrong time. But it says, yeah, one of uh, your uh, presenters um, said on air that um, uh, our confessed sins are um, never to be remembered. They are at the bottom of the sea. And uh, our listener says, I don't believe that's biblical. All confessed sins remain, remain in heavenly sanctuary until our names comes up in the judgment. If we have not remained faithful, all our sins will be rolled back on us. Forgiven sins of those saved will be placed on Satan's head. The bottom of the sea text is symbolic, not reality. Ricardo, what are your thoughts on this uh, text coming from uh, our uh, listener? Uh, I believe that there are some very interesting points there. Yes, and I think uh, it is quite valid to say that. Um, when the Bible says that God will cast our sins into the bottom of the sea, um, it is referring to um, the time of judgment. The Bible talks about God's judgment, mm-hmm. which is taking place in heaven since 1844. I know this is a topic that deserves, you know, at least a whole hour. Yes. Um, but um, the context of that verse where God's uh, where God is going to cast our sins into the depths of the sea. Uh, even in Hebrews 8.12, he says that God will remember them no more, mm-hmm. is in the judgment when he goes through the records of our sins in heaven. Our sins um, are forgiven now. Our guilt is removed from us now. So that that, that is transferred into the sanctuary in heaven thanks to the merits of of uh, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and his blood that, that was shed for us. And so the records of our sins are registered in, in heaven. Uh, when our name comes up in the judgment and it is seen by God that we have been faithful to him, that we have confessed our sins and repented of them, those records will be removed from our names. Mm-hmm. We will be declared... Um, uh, just forgiven yes uh, and so those sins will be eventually placed upon satan the originator of of those sins that's the moment when our sins are cast into the depths of the sea they will be remembered no more they will be actually removed mm-hmm. from our records mm-hmm. as if we had never done them but the bible is clear that until that moment until the judgment of, of of us as individuals, if we commit the same sins, 
the guilt is placed on us again. Right. So the sins would be remembered, so to speak. In Ezekiel 18, uh, verse 24. This is Ezekiel 18, verse 24. Very clearly it says, But when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and thus according to all the abominations that the wicked man does, shall he live? All the righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered because of the unfaithfulness of which he is guilty and the sin which he has committed. Because of them he shall die. Mm. You see, it's not about being saved now and being saved forever. It is about being saved now and forever as long as we remain in Jesus Christ. Yes. And I like what you just said there about the, the guilt to be removed, you know, yes. because when we confess our sins through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are yes. cleansed. Yes. You know, we are not guilty anymore. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I believe this uh, uh, SMS which came to us, I mean, which makes very good points. Yes. Um, it, it will um, reflect also from that point of view when people don't believe in judgment. Because right. if you don't believe in a judgment, then it doesn't make sense that uh, your sins will be remembered, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, thank you so much, my dear friend, uh, um, writing to us and mm. send those, uh, yeah, that message. Good point. Good point. And we're encouraging you, my dear listener, to send those messages. You may have some, uh, um, some question marks. And even if you hear from us, because uh, it was said that one of our presenters, now, probably... In in um, in a program where you don't have time to expand on a yes. particular topic, you know, you may mm. just say something like that. That you know, when we confess our sin, God, and you can quote that passage in Hebrew. Yes, you know, which you just said uh, there that God remembers no more. And Hebrews eight twelve. Yeah, eight twelve, uh, and um, probably that was yeah the case. And uh, we're not uh, defending, you know, because even if we make mistakes. We'll love you to point <laughs> to the Bible, you know, of course, because we'll love to uh, to bring the Bible uh, up as a, mm. as a, our tool to say so of learning the the truth. Right. Well, thank you for um, uh, your input, uh, Ricardo, on uh, that um, uh, passage, that yeah, text pleasure. coming through. Uh, I think we are going to move straight into our um, topic because it's a it's a quite um, an you know, I will say sensitive mm-hmm. topic also because we are talking about today why so many religious wars. And even in these days, people, uh, they, they uh, um, go on war mm-hmm. for those uh, purposes. Exactly. Today's topic is uh, church and state union mm. in the past. Can we learn anything from it? Uh, I believe that a lot of people think, a lot of Christians, um, well-intentioned perhaps, um, they believe that by joining together church and state, they will help the situation. They will, they will reduce these um, religious wars. But um, mm. I think um, we can prove that it's, it, that's quite the opposite. Yes. And it just came in my mind now that uh, actually we're celebrating, or celebrating, remembering better than, sorry, <laughs> not celebrating, but remembering that uh, 20 years ago, that was the Bali bombing, you know, which Australians, they, wow. they um, mm. suffered, you know, quite badly. But 
those people, they're going to war, I mean, like uh, terrorist attacks and all those things, sometimes with the religious uh, uh, background. Yes. Thinking in the, that in they, the name of God. In the name yeah. of God. <laughs> and that's uh, that's very interesting thing. Uh, all right, my dear friend, uh, again, uh, reminding you that uh, you can be part of this program, sending a text message or a comment um, in regard to the topic we are discussing today. And the number is 048-808-11. On the same number will come just a little bit later to uh, offer you a wonderful book which you have prepared for you today and will give you the code for that one just to text it to us. But, Ricardo, let's, let's begin, uh, here, as you just said, the church and state union in the, in the past. And it's work, uh, people are working on this also again. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, people to unite. And uh, can we learn any, any lessons? Right. I believe we, if we don't learn any lessons from the past, we are doomed to make the same mistakes mm. over and over again. Mm. History is very clear uh, about what happened, what took place every time uh, church and state worked unitedly. I want to share a story with you um, about a girl, woman, um, named Mary Durand. She was born in the early 1700s, and she passed away in 1776. Um, that's when uh, the United States became a nation officially. Mm. Uh, at her young age of 17 years old, she was about to get married with the love of her life. She had wonderful dreams, of course, about the future, but instead she spent her wedding day in a miserable prison in France. Her family had come under suspicion for being Protestants. Soldiers were sent and came looking for her brother. As they couldn't find him, they arrested Mary instead and dragged her to the dreaded Tower of Constance Mm -hmm. in France to remain in stark isolation. The price for her freedom was to renounce her faith. Now, did she renounce her faith in the Scriptures? No. Instead, she wrote over and over again on the wall of her cell the word resist in French. And she did resist, not for a few months, not for a year or two, but for 37 years in the prime of her youth until she was freed. Even to this day, people come to France to see her writings on the prison wall. For 37 years, she refused to sell her soul in order to buy her freedom. Resist, right? We are to resist the world, according to the teachings of Jesus. Mm. We are to resist temptation. We are to resist the devil and the spirit of religious oppression that took a beautiful young girl in the prime of her life and denied her freedom for no crime other than believing differently than the majority. Absolutely mm. right. And uh, the other day I was just mentioning about that case, you know, uh, uh, when um, the CEO of uh, football, football club here in Australia had to resign just mm-hmm. because he was uh, part of a church which was um, preaching or teaching some things which didn't fall well with, uh, with soci- society at right. large, you know. And I mean, 
my dear friend, list, if if you want to listen to that program, you can go back on uh, faithfm.com.au or even <laughs> our app uh, to listen to the program. Because we we mentioned that sometimes people suffer at workplace or in just in public because of affiliation, yes. even with the church, which uh, believe in certain things uh, biblically. Yeah, we talk about religious freedom, but yet we are, we're suffering religious oppression. That's correct. And I, yeah. Doesn't make sense. Mm. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Can you share a little bit more about the religion uh, sure. freedom? So, um, let's define religious freedom first. Religious freedom doesn't mean freedom to force others to follow your religion. Mm. Right? The notion of religious liberty is that you cannot be forced to participate in a religious ceremony uh, that is not of your choosing simply because you were outvoted. That is religious freedom. Mm. And the attitude of Jesus towards religious freedom or religious differences was very clear in the Bible. Um, for example, it was Jesus' last trip to Jerusalem. He knew that he was going to get arrested, etc. He had but a few hours left with his disciples, and he knew it. So the question is, what could he teach them? Because if he knows that he's going to spend a few hours with them, um, I'm sure he must have thought of some important lessons mm-hmm. to teach them. And so he decided to take a detour, or actually, this was actually the, the most direct route to Jerusalem by going through Samaria. Yes. Normally they would go around Samaria to avoid going through that uh, hated yes. town. But Jesus decided to go through Samaria to teach them a lesson. Mm. Um, Jews and Samaritans hated each other. It would be like the Jews choosing to visit uh, an area controlled by the Palestinians mm. today. Mm. So that was a sure recipe for trouble. This was religious discrimination, of course, again, uh, between the Samaritans and the Jews. Uh, 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 Jesus was a Jew, and Samaritans didn't welcome any Jew in their territory. Mm-hmm. But Jesus, his vision was greater than that of his disciples. He was a bridge builder, regardless of the prejudice of his time. And the lesson that he taught his disciples was you know, not to be like the rest, mm-hmm. not to discriminate to accept one another, to respect one another. Um, let me tell you something, listeners, uh, dear listeners here. If, if you hate somebody because of what they believe, you will never be able to witness to that individual. Mm. If you don't have love for somebody, you will not be able to share the love of God to them. That's so true. That's it so is. true. And, uh, you know, uh, in the Bible, yeah, we have uh, passages in the Bible which we can uh, back up this uh, teaching yes. because uh, Jesus was uh, speaking a lot about this aspect. And uh, mm. even though Jesus said, you may heard back there in the, you know, even in the world that, um, you know, if you, if somebody Loves you, you know, you love back or things like mm. that. But I will, I will tell what you. What if they hate you? Yeah, or? but what? Yeah, if, or if they <laughs> hate you, do you, what do you do? Then you, you pay them back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jesus says, but I'm telling you that you have to love. Yes. Your enemy. That's why we need to allow the Holy Spirit to transform us because it, it is against our nature to love our enemies. Mm. Mm. We may be able to fake it perhaps. 
for people to believe that we are good Christians, but to do it sincerely, that, that goes beyond our nature. That takes a transformation of heart. Uh, the example of Jesus is very strong, even you know, not, not just by words, but by his example. He taught us a lot about this topic. Um, when Jesus went through Samaria on that occasion, the Bible tells us that they did not receive him. Uh, in Luke nine fifty three to fifty five uh, six, we find this story, and uh, let's look at the reaction of the disciples when Jesus and the disciples were not received uh, warmly, mm. warmly in 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 Samaria. It says here, but they did not receive him because his face was set for the for the journey to Jerusalem. So because he was going to Jerusalem, they connected him mm. with the Jews and mm. they, they did not accept them in Samaria. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. Mm-hmm. In other words, you you don't realize what spirit you are displaying here. Yes. Uh, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy man's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Mm. Mm. So, like Jesus, we are not to respond to fire with fire, but to fire with love. Jesus respected the Samaritans even when they were wrong and simply moved on to another village instead of making fire descend mm. from heaven. So he respected them. And interesting enough, just if I could interrupt for a of moment course. there, uh, those villages which probably they passed through because they, they haven't been received, later on, mm-hmm. actually they receive mm-hmm. the gospel. Yes. Because, you know, sometime we run ahead of ourselves, mm-hmm. we make judgments, yes. we take decisions, and not giving any room uh, mm. For people to say, hey, uh, I express myself, I try to share this, but mm. I don't know the state of that person mm. for that moment, and I had to respect that. Yes. But if you you are quick to judge and make a decision to close that uh, chapter, you may never come back to that you person. close the door. You close the door. Yes. But that door can be open yes. if you move on. You know, move on and then uh, do do the things which you need to do, not waste mm. uh, time, because that's probably where Jesus uh, said to the disciples, uh, when somebody's not receiving you, shake your dust off and mm. move on to the, you mm. know. Uh, I think it's a very good point, mm. Ricardo, here, which we need to learn. We need to act more like Jesus. Definitely. He was the, wise. We're not. <laughs> than, than like ourselves as we feel like. Mm-hmm. And too often in these days we make judgments Mm. We um, we do things because we think that's the right way, because that's how we understand. And too often I heard about this expression, Ricardo, in this context, in this culture, mm-hmm. it's different than what uh, it was uh, yeah, back yeah. then. But I believe the word of God is relevant mm-hmm. back then, today, yes. and it will be relevant in the future. Yes. There are eternal Principles in Absolutely the Bible. Absolutely right. Change. Yes. There will mean different things. That's why it says to have wisdom, to know how mm-hmm. to tackle certain things. But we cannot change direction totally just because we're thinking now, um, hey, 
this is appropriate to talk about uh, let's say um, homosexuality uh, saying that that that's the correct way to go mm-hmm. i mean if the bible supports that i will go along but if it doesn't mm-hmm. i have to stand for some principles now i'm not going mm-hmm. to go into that uh, today <laughs> Yeah, no, it's important, uh, and and of course there will come a time when sin and and an error will be removed from from our lives from the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but until then, we need to respect one another uh, until everyone makes a final decision, and that's when God is going to eradicate yeah uh, sin and sinners if they hold on to sin, of course. Um, so. It is the spirit of religious intolerance inspired by the devil that has promoted persecution throughout history. Mm. It is not religion in, in itself. It is not the teachings of Jesus. It is when we misapply. Okay, the teachings of Jesus may cause division between family members because one accepts them and, and others don't. In that sense, it brings division but in terms of um, religious wars, persecution, uh, intolerance, that, that is caused by um, a different spirit. That is a, a spirit of religious intolerance that mm-hmm. the devil brings about. So, if the teachings of Christ, the principle of church and state separation, which we're going, we're going to even prove in detail with the Bible uh, shortly, if the principle of church and state separation that Jesus uh, upheld were followed, there would have been no inquisition against those who simply wanted to follow the Bible according to the dictates of their conscience. Yeah. There would have been no crusades against the Muslims, no wars of religion. No one would have been thrown into prison, abused, tortured, or killed because of their religion. Mm-hmm. If we were, you know, just willing to follow Christ's uh, teachings, we're actually not doing the will of God if we sit in quietude, doing nothing to preserve liberty of conscience. Mm. I know that's hard to say. There are many who are at ease, uh, who are, as it were, asleep. They say, well, if prophecy has foretold religious persecution, then it will surely happen regardless of yeah. what we do to defend yeah. the, the oppressed. And having come to this conclusion, they sit down in a calm expectation of the event, thinking that God will protect his people in the day of trouble. Mm. But God will not save us if we make no effort to do the work that he has committed to his people. Yes. So as faithful followers of Jesus, we should see these events coming in the light of Bible prophecy and give the warning um, that leaders may not pursue a course through ignorance that they would avoid if they knew the truth. Yes. And on, just on that aspect, uh, Ricardo, we pray, you know, for people today, even for this terrible war in Ukraine, you know, and uh, what's going on. And not mm-hmm. only there, all around the world, there are so yes. many things going on. But if we would not take uh, God's advice or Jesus' teachings, then what should we pray? Because mm-hmm. God said, oh, these things will happen and it's pointless to pray mm-hmm. uh, for peace in Ukraine, if God says there will be wars, yes. there will be rumors of wars. Of course, in his 
knowing, you know, his knowledge, you know, uh, God mm-hmm. knew what's happening. But God wants to put us in the picture, you know, as his children, um, not to easily accept things like that, but to stand for the mm-hmm. right teaching of the Bible to, to balance and you may bring yourself a, a, you, you may contribute to this I mean as you just said with the Jesus going through Samaria man that was almost war you know there you know uh, yeah. going there but he was willing to face the reality and what about if he can make a change yeah. and indeed he did make a change in the life of that woman yeah. at least at the well mm-hmm. and who knows how many people in the region yes yes mm. yes so he, he went in there, uh, but he respected them at the same time. He didn't yeah. go there to cause any, any trouble. Mm. Unfortunately, nowadays, people desire to make God the ruler of the kingdoms of this world, the ruler in its courts and camps, its legislative halls, its palaces and marketplaces. They want uh, to make God a, a ruler. They expect him to rule through legal enactments mm-hmm. enforced by human authority since Jesus is not here in person. So they themselves wish to act in his stead to execute the laws of his kingdom as they understand them. Yeah. That is the problem. Yeah. Sometimes they understand them incorrectly. Correct. And they want to force everyone to believe the same. The establishment of such a kingdom is what the Jews desired in the days of Jesus. And that's why Jesus opposed mm. the union of church and state. They would have, talking about the Jews, they would have um, received Jesus and accepted him had he been willing to establish a temporal domain to enforce what they regarded as the laws of God and to make them the expositors of his will and the agents of his authority. Yes, and that's again, you know, that's why it troubled me for for a long time. Mm-hmm. How could the Jewish people at that time miss out the the moment of the Son of God coming on on this earth, the Messiah, which they looked from long time, mm. they missed out just because they had the Traditions. earthly agenda. agenda. Mm. They had a the tradition. They they were looking for something different yeah. than God was uh, uh, working on, because they were looking for this kingdom, for this mm-hmm. earthly to be to be rescued under the oppression of the Roman. Um, mm. Uh, authority at that time, uh, but God had greater plans and to free, out. yeah, to free us from the sin, yes. which caused all those things, the oppression, of the course. hardship, and all those things. You know, um, that's amazing. Hey, I'm going to take a short break here, okay. Ricardo, because we'll come back to look a little bit more into this um, and maybe yeah, just give some examples um, why these people missed out. You know, on. Um, on what Jesus had in plan. But I have a song prepared um, for you, my dear friend, uh, today. Uh, Please stay with us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after the song. And we'll talk about the free offer also, which we have prepared for you. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Children are scattered and tattered 
You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and our co-host today is Pastor Ricardo Schaeffer. Ricardo, I didn't even uh, mention uh, earlier when I introduced you that uh, you are here in South Australia for now a um, few months, you know, uh, yes, almost, almost nine, almost months, nine months. yeah. And you are um, uh, pastoring a church here in Adelaide, uh, uh, Prospect International Church, which is not far from us, uh, where we broadcast from, and then another church in the country, I think. Wisto Church. Wisto Church. It's uh, very good to have you part of this program, uh, Ricardo, and I'm, uh, yeah, looking forward to, uh, work with you more on, uh, on Faith FM. Uh, but my dear friend, um, as I said before the break, we have a wonderful book prepared for you today to share with you. It's our free gift. Um, a book which you should not miss. Um, it's called The Invitation. And this is again by uh, the same author we, uh, from last week, Alejandro Buyon. And I know, Ricardo, that you know Alejandro personally. That's right. Would you like you to share a little bit about this book? Uh, yes, yes. That's a, a wonderful one of his um best i think uh recollection of stories mm-hmm. this is what the invitation is all about uh, pastor buyon he was born in peru in south america in the jungle of peru actually and uh, he has a a lot a lot of experiences to to tell us about we would have not enough time to mm. to cover them all but uh he's one of the greatest evangelists in the hispanic world 
Uh, he's been all around the world with a lot of experiences mm. to tell. So the stories that you listeners, dear listeners, will find in this book, The Invitation, are true stories about how God changed the lives of different people. And mm. it's quite uh, possible that you may be able to resonate or identify your story with one of the stories in this book. Very encouraging. And, uh, yeah, We're inviting you, my dear friend, to request this book. And you know by now, you need to send a text message to us with the code SA76 to the number 04888-80811. Again, the number is 04888-80811. And you just send the text message with SA76. No space in between, no other words, just that code and our friendly computer uh, will, uh, the robot will take you through to some questions. All right, Ricardo, let's come back to the um, um, discussion we have here in regard to, um, in regard to the the church and state and union, you know, mm. in the past and it just before the break, we talked about that even the disciples or people in Jesus' time, they had different views or different uh, uh, agenda, to say so. Mm. Uh, but we were um, just posing this um, before the break that Jesus, uh, Jesus said that my kingdom is not of this world. Mm-hmm. He would not accept the earthly throne. He had something better in mind. That's what would right. you like to share? He always kept them separate. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of heaven and, and the kingdom of, uh, of this world, they, they were separate. Mm-hmm. They, both of them have a place in God's plan, as we are going to see. But the problem is that, and, and this has been proven by, uh, throughout history, whenever church and state are united, uh, persecution arises. Yes. Religious intolerance. Uh, religious wars. For example, according to Partners International, each month in the world, 772 acts of, acts of violence are committed against Christians for their faith. 322 people are killed for their faith. 214 churches and Christian properties are destroyed. Who's going to stand up for liberty? Um, for these men and women who are suffering around mm, the world, mm. we always say someone else, but, <laughs> but it's us, you and I. Uh, we are the ones who are called to resist the devil's tactics and to spread the liberty found in Jesus Christ. He taught us that. Amen. Jesus did not encourage religious wars, and so true disciples of Jesus don't restrict people's religious beliefs and put them in prison even when they disagree with them. Even inside the church, mm. right? Um, so um, Jesus did not involve, did not get involved in 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 religious wars or movements such mm-hmm. as those. Mm-hmm. But he used the sort of the scriptures to convince, to you know, to 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 get to the heart. That's the only way that we can use. The sword of of the, of the Bible, yes, Bible. and not to um, to defend our uh, ideology or our uh, way or understanding, and even uh, as we mentioned, uh, do horrible things in the name of God. Yes, you know uh, crimes and all those things, thinking that uh, uh, you know God will uh, will support that. And, and we we know that it will get to that point. Mm. 
religious intolerance, persecution. It's been foretold in Bible prophecy, and we could spend days talking yeah. about these these uh, prophecies. Uh, but the fact that we know that these things will happen doesn't mean that we're just going to sit there and watch it happen. Mm. We are actually told to oppose it as much as we can. Yes. Even though we know it will eventually yeah. happen. Yeah. Uh, for example, I know that uh, many Seventh-day Adventists would be surprised to learn that the Supreme Court of the United States has already found that Sunday laws do not violate the U.S. Constitution. Mm. They are the ones, uh, the judici- they are the judicial mm, body, yeah. power, yep, the yep, body, yep. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. between the executive, uh, they are the judicial one. So they basically decide if a law is constitutional or not mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they they could be the most powerful branch of governance in the united states that's correct the judicial power yes and so the supreme court which is the the top of the judicial power mm-hmm. decided or that 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 sunday laws are not really uh, a problem um they're not against the U.S. Constitution, they said. Mm-hmm. This happened in 1961. Mm. Not many people know this. The court acknowledged that Sunday laws have a religious background and that they have a negative impact on those who keep other days holy. Nevertheless, they decided that Sunday laws are primarily designed to protect workers' rights, not to advance religion. Wow. <laughs> Go figure how mm. they come to that conclusion. So um, Sunday laws could easily be enacted. Yes, any time. The First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution says that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Mm. We've all heard that. So a Sunday law forcing people to keep Sunday as the day of the Lord would be unconstitutional since Congress can make no law to establish a religious practice. Right. Right? Yep. Or, on the other hand, a law that forbids people to keep the seventh day as the day of the Lord would also be unconstitutional since Congress cannot prohibit the free exercise of religion. So, in any case, such a law would be unconstitutional. Mm. Mm. Um, well, but we, we know something like this is coming. Many Christians are even losing their jobs simply for keeping the seventh day holy according to the dictates of their consciences. But in reality, um, there is no fear or threat that can produce faith, genuine faith. That's and true. And no law that can produce love. Because mm. God is not interested in, in obedience Unless you love him, yes, he's he's against these these laws that enforce obedience mm-hmm. to, to God. Um, so the separation of church and state ensures, or should ensure, that government should be neutral towards religion, neither promoting nor hindering it. Mm. That's how it should be. Um, remember the words of Jesus, John eighteen thirty six. My kingdom is not of this world. Yes, I have nothing to do with politics. In other words, so Jesus recognized two separate kingdoms: the one of this world and the one of his 
church. And unfortunately, too often the church get, gets involved. Uh, I mean, just I mentioned the war mm-hmm. of, in Ukraine, you know, and uh, the leader of the Orthodox Church in Russia, it's so much yes. in support of the war in uh, Ukraine. I mean, and I never uh, could quite mm-hmm. gr- uh, grasp that uh, that attitude, that approach. But right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it, it, instead of following the teachings of Jesus yeah. and respecting one another, yeah. we follow our own instincts. Um, can, uh, yeah, can yeah. you explain a little bit uh, further on this aspect? Because I believe it's mm-hmm. very important. Yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting topic. Uh, the Bible says, um, let's, let's read a, a few texts. Mark 12, 13 to 17. But I'm going to just read 13 for now. It says, Then they sent to him, to Jesus, some of the Pharisees and the Herodians to catch him in his words. Right here, is there's something very interesting. Pharisees and Herodians working together mm. to trap Jesus, mm. to set him a trap. So they sent to him. Who's they? According to Mark eleven twenty seven, the ones who sent the Pharisees and the Herodians to Jesus were the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. These were also Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Now, who were the Herodians? And I, I'm sure you'll find this interesting. They were named after Herod, king of Judea. Herod was appointed by Caesar Augustus in Rome and acted on behalf of Rome. He was hated by the Pharisees for being an Edomite and introducing Greek culture Mm. into Judea. This is known as Hellenism. Um, So, the, uh, the Herodians were a sect of Hellenistic Jews. They supported, in other words, the Roman power. And they were okay with mixing cultures. On the other hand, the Pharisees were very opposed to the idea of mixing their culture with that of the Romans. They claimed to preserve the teachings of Moses and added to the scriptures a large number of traditions, as as we mentioned. So they were against paganism. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing here is the Pharisees and Herodians, even though they did not agree in all points, they united to set a trap for Jesus. Amazing. So, um, in Jesus' days, uh, there were different Jewish sects, or th- we can call them denominations, mm-hmm. as we call them now. We, you had the Pharisees, they believed life after death was possible. Uh, the Sadducees, they believed in no resurrection, no second coming. You had the Zealots, they were the radicals. Uh, you have the Essenes, a smaller separatist group. So they all came together in an ecumenical movement mm. to kill Jesus. Now, friends, does that sound familiar? That's a very big question, uh, Ricardo. And uh, what we witness uh, today in the world, in the political mm-hmm. world and religious world, uh, yes. that seems like that history can repeat again. History repeats itself. Yeah. So when you have different uh, Christian denominations, different religions coming together, mm. the next thing is that um, they will come together to enforce, I believe. Yeah. And so I'm continuing with the story. After these Pharisees, these chief priests, they sent some Pharisees and Herodians to trap Jesus. 
Verse 14 says, When they had come, they said to him, Teacher, we know that you are true and care about no one, uh, for you do not regard the person of man, but teach the way of God in truth. In other words, they were saying to Jesus, We know that you will always uh, honor God above man. Right? They they were setting his trap up yeah. uh, for Jesus. Yeah. Um, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Shall we pay or shall we not pay? But he, knowing their hypocrisy, said to them, Why do you test me? Bring me a denarius that I may see it. So they brought it and he said to them, Whose image and inscription is this? They said to him, Caesar's. And Jesus answered and said to them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. Now Herodians favored the payment of taxes. The Pharisees opposed it. Had Jesus sided with the Pharisees, he would have become an enemy of Rome. Mm -hmm. But if he sided with the Sadducees uh, or Herodians as well in this case, sorry, uh, he would have become a traitor to the Jewish nation. Correct, yes. So that was a trap. Uh, but in this case, they were not expecting the answer of Jesus. Mm. Jesus clearly separated church and state. Render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, that's the state. Yes. And to God what belongs to God, that is the church. That's a wonderful answer, eh? Yes, <laughs> only Jesus can come up with such answers. And... um it's interesting to know that the Ten Commandments are divided into sections. Mm, and we talked about that just the other day, yes. Two tablets. Mm -hmm. um, in Mark 12, 28 to 31, we, uh, Jesus tells us that the commandments are divided in, in two, basically, two big commandments. All right. Uh, and so he said that, uh, well, in, in verse 28 says, then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first uh, commandment of all? The word first is the Greek protos, which means first in time, place, or rank. In mm -hmm. other words, what is the most important commandment? Yeah. Jesus answered, the most important one, or the first one, is love your God above all things. Yeah. I'm just summarizing. Mm. And the second one is love your neighbor as yourself. He separated them, you know, in, into sections and he said the most important one is the first part. Mm. The first four commandments have to do with our relationship with God. That's mm. why they are the mm. most important ones. The other six have to do with how we deal with one another, which is important as well. And that's why Jesus said there is no other commandment greater than these two great commandments. And there are not only two commandments remained now. Uh, no. Jesus uh, he summarized, in, summarized the Ten Commandments in these two. Yes. Uh, and, and we know that the, according to the Bible, he wrote, God wrote the commandments in two separate tablets of stone Correct. to divide those two main areas. Yes, yes. The first four and the last six. So the state should not have a say in how people keep the first four commandments, the first tablet, mm -hmm. because this is between God and us. But the government can have a say regarding the other six commandments as they have to do with how we relate with one another. These last six commandments preserve the civil order of society. 
they are the second tablet of the Ten Commandments. Mm, beautiful. So um, yes, the government can can have laws that uh, prevent us from killing one another, mm-hmm. from stealing from one another. Mm-hmm. That's just different. It's not to do with how we relate to God, but to one another. Yes. Um, probably I have time to 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 show this with the Bible. Um, in Romans thirteen one to ten. We have uh, something that a lot of people would use to say that uh, we need to um, allow the government to enforce religion. But we'll see if this is the case. Uh, well, it says in Romans 13, 1 to 10, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Mm. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Um, then I'll go to verse 9 and verse 10, just to show what section of the commandments this is referring to. Verse 9 says, For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear f- bear fo- false witness, you shall not covet. Uh, and if there is any other commandment, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, these commandments that were quoted, from which section of the Ten Commandments are they? Yes, from the second. The uh, second one. Yes. Yes. And verse 10 says, Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. So, yes, uh, we should be um, faithful to the authorities when they make laws uh, to make sure that we keep the second part of the commandments, the, the ones that deal with one another, do not kill, do not steal, but never to the first one. The first Very important four. point. And, mm. and, and Paul in Romans makes this clear if we just go a few chapters after that. Romans 14, verse 5, and then 10 to 12. He says, One person esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. That is the principle. Mm-hmm. Don't force anyone. Let everyone be convinced by himself or herself. This is talking about the first four commandments. Uh, verse 10 to 12. But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt to your, for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me. And every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Now, Paul is not talking about the civil laws. Yes. When it comes to the first four commandments, we shall give account personally to God. No one should interfere with that. When it comes to the other six, the last six, yes, governments may have a say in this because that has to do with, you know, uh, the order in society. Very good point. Very good point. Um. There's the belief in Christian churches, especially in the U.S. today, that force needs to be used to protect church principles. Many influential people are trying to establish the U.S. as a Christian nation, but by enforcing Christian laws. That's And that's the problem, because in that regard, they're not following the example of Jesus. Um, a well-known uh, preacher, John MacArthur, said the government is a divine institution. Well, in that he's right. But then he says, separation of church and state is essentially paving the way for the death of our society. 
when Jesus said this, the, the opposite. Jesus said, you know, render to Caesar what is Caesar's and, and to God what is God, God's. Um, uh, yeah, time is yeah, going uh, is very, very fast to uh, today, but uh, hey, that was very good, Ricardo, mm-hmm. very good examples there to... Um, uh, to know, to understand how to relate to right. both institutions, if you like, uh, you know, God and um, governments. Yes. And I think you pointed out very, very well. And uh, I hope that uh, we could come back to some of these uh, <laughs> things maybe in another program. But uh, yeah, time is going very, very fast. Now, probably we have um, like um, uh, two minutes the most. Uh, would you like to just bring it a little bit uh, together and maybe just finish with a prayer? Of course. Um, probably uh, I would like to uh, read Luke nineteen forty one to 44. These are the one of the last words of Jesus referring to Jerusalem. And, and, and he said, now as he, it says, now as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, if you had known even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embarkment around you, surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Many times Jesus told them about the separation of church and state. No one should be uh, allowed or no one should, if you, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, no one should use the power of the state, you know, to enforce anything. Church and state union ultimately results in national ruin, which is what happened to Jerusalem. Okay, time is up. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for your teachings in the Bible. We pray that you may help us follow the example of Jesus in all aspects. We pray for our governments and for our churches in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Ricardo, for that. My dear friend, uh, yes, time is up, but uh, we're inviting you to come back again because we are going to ask another question in the next program. Why so many um, uh, wars? Wars. Yeah, why so many wars? And until then, may God richly bless you. Keep walking in the footsteps of Jesus. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.